great show on tap for you tonight. There's so much to talk about. You know, we get to this point of the year and everyone's getting a little nervous. Sports are almost about to end. Once the Super Bowl's over, you've got March Madness, and then you really don't have anything going on for, for quite a while, unless you're a big baseball fan, uh, like all of us happen to be. With me is Ira. Ira, you get to more sporting events than pretty much anybody in the country. Where have you been this past week? Well, just in this past week, I was in Philadelphia to see the lovely, wonderful Eagle fans. They were so nice and kind and cooked, made cookies and cupcakes and were just sweet and wonderful. Brotherly love. Yes. I, the parking lot at uh, Lincoln Financial, I think they're still cleaning it up from the trash that they left out. But um, I was at that game on Sunday. Then Monday, I got, I'm a huge NBA fan, so I was in Los Angeles and saw the Clippers play the Timberwolves. And then on Wednesday, I saw the Clippers play Boston and we have a big story coming on with the Clippers right now and then and on uh, Saturday I came to Miami and saw the Heat play the Hornets so Ira we were talking before we went on air it's true what they say about the Philly fans I, I listen I'm a Giants fan so I'm not going to Philadelphia wearing a Giants jersey it's not gonna happen but you've got to see this firsthand it's really that bad I'm sitting in the club section which is probably supposedly nicer people or whatever <laughs> I don't know less less they um, they're electricians not plumbers right well the uh, the the Viking fans were they screamed everything at them I have never there's no security at all uh, people were <laughs> they do have a jail cell okay? people <laughs> were continuously cursing at them they were mean and nasty I did not see the Viking fans like baiting, you know, sometimes you see Raider fans or whatever. I didn't see anyone baiting them. Mm-hmm. It was just the Eagle fans were just drinking and drinking and yelling and yelling and just being mean and nasty. And it was just awful. And I, it was, and you can see the behavior for the Viking fans have been complained. I mean, Case Keenan's family was harassed. And uh, I really think the Eagles lived, their fans lived up to their <laughs> reputation. The strongest force in the world can make you a Patriots fan. And those are Philly fans. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's many people outside the Philly area that are rooting for for the Eagle. I mean, they're just such an easy team to hate. And everyone hates Tom Brady and the Patriots if you're not a Patriots fan. So you're right, Sean. This is one of those weird situations like, who's the lesser of two evils here? Exactly. This is not, not easy to pick at all. You know what, Ira? You brought up a good point, though. I'm a Yankee fan. I've been to Fenway Park dozens of times. Never had an issue. I've had Red Sox fans at Yankee Stadium. Never had an issue. The fans respect each other. Philadelphia doesn't seem to have that mutual respect with anybody. Well, I would. I was down. I've been twice to Cowboy Stadium, uh, AT and T Stadium, with uh, st- wearing Steeler jerseys. The Cowboy fans are fantastic. They totally respect the Steelers. Because they're educated. You're fans. welcome. <laughs> yeah, I just. Well, I know you're a huge. We have a huge Cowboy fan right here. So, um, but they were wonderful. People are tailgating. People are having a good time. People say, "Look, we both love sports. We both were into this. Mm-hmm. This is great. It's wonderful." Oh my gosh, these Eagle fans. I, I've been. I wore a Steeler jersey to an Eagle game. People harassing, yelling, really bad. That was years ago when the Eagles were terrible. And uh, also, I, can I add, the Cleveland Brown fans are terrible also. But that was just the side. There's probably reasons behind why they're the way they are. Uh, Sean LeGregor is with us as well. Sean, you mentioned earlier you're a Cowboy fan. I'm not going to talk about them because I don't care about the Cowboys at all. What happened to you guys this year, though? Um, Goodell suspensions, a lot of injuries, but there's no excuses. At the end of the day, you got to show up and you got to play. It's next man up. Um, we've gone through, like I said, a, a, t- a ton of things. But Dak didn't play up to the level that he was. I think there was a lot on Jason Garrett. You know, it's coming from the fans, but I think it's also coming from the media. 
to have somebody and not make the necessary changes. You can go back to that Falcons game, okay? Tyron Smith is out. I believe that was his second game out. We give up eight sacks to the left tackle, and it took you to the third <laughs> quarter to actually make a change. You didn't once send Jason Witten across or the tight end across to chip Adrian Claiborne, who last year had six and a half sacks in the entire year. He had six sacks in that game. Okay? Like, I mean, what are we talking about? <laughs> no, it, it's absolutely crazy how it panned out. Ira, what did you think going into this season? Cowboys won the division last year, got the bye, 13-3, and I believe they were, 12-4. and I didn't think they were going to win the NFC East again this year. I thought the Giants would win. I think maybe a lot of people may have thought that. Obviously, the wheels fell off that train. But did you see the Cowboys repeating as going back, you know, being one of the best teams in the league, or did you see them taking a step back? I thought they were going to be good. I, I didn't think the Elliott suspension was going to be six games. I think how they played it out, I thought it was going to be reduced to like three and they would get through with it. I thought Dak was actually going to get a little bit better. I thought their defense was still young enough to be strong. I thought their offensive line was still going to be there. I mean, they had three pro bowlers this year on the offensive line. So I was looking for good things from the Cowboys. I mean, I went and looked at the Super Bowl odds before the season started, and uh, the Eagles were projected at 50 to 1 to really? make the Super Bowl. To one, and people said they'll be they'll, they'll be the third best team in their division between the Giants and yeah, the, the Cowboys. Redskins were picked to finish. And, and, yeah, uh-huh. what was the Cowboys about ten to one? I think it was something like they were yeah. nine to one. They, they were the second the favorites the after after the, the Patriots. Patriots. Yeah, uh-huh. I think the Patriots were something like eight to two or six to two, and the Cowboys were nine to one. Guys, this slides me right into our next question. I love parody. NBA has none of it. We know who's going to the finals in the NBA. you know, pretty much every year. Every other sport, though, you can't pick it. Philadelphia was a 50-to-1 shot to be here. That's what makes this league so fun. But it brings me to a good question, Ira. Do you think that we got the two best teams in the league facing off in the Super Bowl? I don't think we have the two best teams, but we have the two most deserving teams. And that's the great, that's the beauty of the NFL. They have the perfect regular season in terms of every game does matter because if you don't have the best record, you don't get home field. And if you get the best two records, you get a bye. And the three of the four teams that had the byes won. And of course, the Steelers lost. And I think, <laughs> but the fact is that it rewards regular season success, but actually requires you to do well in the postseason also. So I think it's the perfect system as opposed to baseball when anybody can win. It seems like that. I just think, or the NCAA, March Madness tournament. The advantage, the home field advantage is huge. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 that's why every game, why on Sundays, everybody's looking, besides fantasy, watching every game. When's the last time the AFC championship hasn't gone through Foxborough? I think it was the year that Tom Brady went down. It was the, <laughs> the 11 and 5 Matt Castle year because the Dolphins won the division. I think in the last 10 years, they've gone to the Super Bowl six times. It, it's just unbelievable, but it brings, it adds to your point. When it goes through your house every year, makes it so much easier, and you play one less game. Every game does matter in the NFL when you only get 16. Um, Sean, what do you think? Or Ira, so who are the two best teams? Well, I, I would get back to the, the same what you said about the Steelers. Last year, the Steelers putzed around in the regular season, didn't really play well, lost a re- and had to go on the road, um, had to play at home against Miami, then went on the road to Kansas City, Le'Veon Bell gets hurt, they come up to New England and they lose. This year, now look at the advantage the Steelers had. Two years in a row, the Steelers have had New England at home. And yeah. they had, two years ago, they had Brady suspended for the four, four, first four <laughs> games point. and they could not get home field advantage and then again this year if they were if they had beat the Patriots and were the number one seed they would have played Tennessee in the first round and then they would have you know had a home field advantage so they even they could they probably could have beat Tennessee by looking past them but they couldn't beat Jacksonville <laughs> but I, I feel I feel to that I think on the end of course in the Patriots are the best AFC um, but in the NFC, I, like if the Saints would have had a home field, I think the Saints would have been the team in there. But the, they, they didn't have it, and they lost to the Vikings. It's one of those things. I do think that the Saints and the Steelers are probably the two of the most talented teams in the league. If you just looked at the roster, 
There's a lot of playmakers here. So it, that's what does bother me. It brings me back to coaching. You are a Steelers fan. Do you put any blame on Mike Tomlin for this? Well, total blame. Uh, the Steelers have so much talent. Um, their defense is young. Their defense is exciting. Shazier injury was uh, terrible. But their offensive yep. line has been together for four years. They're the mm-hmm. best, one of the best offensive lines in the league. They had three pro bowlers on the offensive mm-hmm. line. Um, certainly the best running back in the league. You might think Elliott might be better. <laughs> but, um, David uh, Johnson's okay. But it's fine <laughs> having one of those three. Yes. And, and, and how to- we forget about David Johnson because he was out all year. Antonio Brown, Juju Schuster. I mean, it is amazing what talent, what weapons they had. And I was very, I mean, not scoring. Every time the Steelers had the ball, and I went to 10 games this year. And every time they touched the ball, I expected a touchdown. And to see where they're, you know, they were, you know, not scoring in halves and scoring, you know, three points and kick field goals and sometimes not doing that. It's just, I thought it was a, just a poor all around coaching. I think that the new offensive coordinator is going to make a big difference next year. You're listening to Iron Sports with Mike and Sean. This is 95.9, the true oldies channel, 715 on my watch. We'd love to hear from you. 877-960-9960, 877-960-9960. Sean, do the two best teams make the Super Bowl? I mean, I think it really is truly a toss-up between New England and the Steelers. Um, I brought up a good point. You know, the Steelers just didn't execute, okay? To go out and to lose with the, the guys that they said. I mean, this was their Did year. Did you guys think they would beat Jacksonville, though? Jacksonville dismantled them but, earlier but, in the but, season. But even if we had, no, they blew them out during, early in, in the, the season. season. If we look at that game, it's 45 to 42. And you're basically spotting the Jacksonville Jaguars 21 points in the first, what, eight <laughs> minutes of that bit, game? Yeah, I think 17. You know, so if you actually watch that game as it, you know, played out, the Steelers outplayed the Jaguars. They just played and didn't show up in the first quarter. Quarter. So to say that I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are a better team than the Steelers, absolutely not. I mean, I thought this year was the year that the Steelers would, you know, pass, pass the Patriots. <laughs> You're losing Julian Elliman. They lost some guys on defense. You know, I just thought it was the year for the for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But as you brought up, you know, even the year where Tom Brady gets suspended for four games, the Steelers just have that stretch where, you know, they don't show up for three to four weeks and they can't lock up that first round. If that game is played at Heinz Field, I mean, they're going to beat the Patriots, yeah. okay? So so do I think the Patriots are far above beyond the Steelers? No. I think it's a toss-up there, you know? But I will say the Patriots, everybody expected them to go, so I'll give it there. On the NFC side, you know, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles playing that, um, uh, I believe it was the divisional round game uh, against the Falcons, which I didn't think the Falcons would beat the Rams the way they did, no, but they dismantled either. them, yeah. okay? In in L.A., by the way, and I'm not going to say, you know, anything about those fans, but they can't even fill up the, the Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but we'll go back to that game. They beat the Falcons 15 to 10. Their offense couldn't get anything going and you know, we end up with Nick Foles back in the Super Bowl. Okay, so do I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC? Absolutely not, but you can't take it away from them. They've done everything in their power to earn that spot. I, I- didn't think that they were the best team in the NFC all season. At all. They kept winning, kept winning, and I just didn't trust them. Carson Wentz would have been the MVP if he stayed healthy. So I'll give I believe them that. credit. I'll give him credit on that. That defense is good. Really I mean, good. They, they every time I doubted them, and every time I wanted to count the Eagles' defense out, they did something amazing, like hold the Vikings to what seven points. Fal- the Falcons to ten. I, it's just <laughs> really amazing. Like I'm very torn on this Super Bowl, and I know we've got conflicting opinions here. We'll talk about that in just a minute. I already brought up an interesting point before. Eagles were projected to finish third in the division. Mm-hmm. Made some nice acquisitions in the offseason. One of the best teams in the league in the Super Bowl. Ira, what do you think was the most important Eagles acquisition uh, in the past year or two that's put them in the Super Bowl contention? It's their coach. 
I mean, clearly it's the coach. I mean, uh, Chip Kelly, <laughs> Sean's laughing here. Because I said the same thing to Mike before the show started. I, 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 just, I mean, when Chip Kelly was there, think, think what he had to work oh, with. Chip Kelly got rid of all the players mm-hmm. that were there and, and brought in his Chip Kelly, quote, players. Yeah. When Peterson comes in, he is now left with a team of, of that he play, didn't build. He didn't build, but players that are even aren't even fit for that most, don't even want to be in Philly anymore. That aren't designed for his system or whatever system. And suddenly, I mean, last year they were supposed to be horrendous, and they were seven and nine. So yep. they were like, so that was the idea that they were supposed to be terrible. And that's remember last year they beat the Steelers. I mean, yeah. that's when I first woke up to wait. The Eagles might be something because they beat the Steelers thirty four three. The Steelers really? supposedly this great awesome team. When and you just wrote that off as saying another one of the Steelers just didn't want. Uh, you know, make, they you know wake up and be play a game. I mean, that was what happened. So I just felt like that would he is coaching job this year to, to and when losing the quarterback and still getting the Super Bowl, that's the that's the difference. We're going to yeah. talk uh, just a little bit later uh, on Ira on sports about who's the coach of the year because this has been one of the toughest I've seen to pick from in a long time. And surely Doug Peterson's in the conversation. Sean, would you like to add to that? I know that you were a, a Peterson guy too, as being the biggest um, biggest change in that clubhouse. Well, well, since he picked, you know, Peterson, I, I'm gonna, I'll go with somebody else, and I'll say Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. Okay, and the reason why I'll say Alshon Jeffrey is for the simple fact that now he truly had a number one. You know, and, and we're talking about Carson Wentz. Like I said, Carson Wentz has an MVP MVP caliber season, right? So he's up there with the Brady's and the Brees of the world. Um, why is that? You know, you look at last year, there was a lot, you know, started out super hot and, and, and kind of flamed out. Now, we get a guy like Alshon Jeffrey who can stretch the field, who is far superior to Jordan Matthews. Everybody was Not up in close. arms. Everybody was close. up in arms when they traded Jordan Matthews. Like, well, well who's going to play the slot? If we remember, Nelson Aguilar was a first-round bust. Mm. The guy had 62 catches last year for nearly 800 yards and I believe uh, six to eight touchdowns, mm. somewhere in there. And if you watch those games, he made some spectacular oh, big-time catches. Okay, I don't care if you go out and catch 10 balls a game, but if you catch that one ball that wins you a game, you know, and that's what Nelson Aguilar did. Nelson Aguilar didn't have that when Jordan Matthews was trying to stretch the field because Jordan Matthews can't uh, can't get create separation. So when we look at an Alshon Jeffrey, who's a go-to guy who made some big plays, you know, in his own right, I think when we talk about acquisitions. Definitely, you got to put Alshon Jeffrey. I agree 100% with that point because what Jeffrey's done is now allow Zach Ertz to have this amazing exactly. year that he's had. Very good and point. you could see in the in the uh, in the run game, in the Viking game, the fact that uh, that Jeffrey's had five catches, 85 yards, two touchdowns. But then towards you know Smith scored that touchdown, that long touchdown. Yeah. So the, the opening the field up, use Wentz's arm. Use, you know Jeffrey. I never thought Jeffrey was good in Chicago. I no. thought he was such a bust, and I didn't think he had when, one good in, season in yeah. fantasy. I I mean I I, I saw. He's on my avoid every year. I, I did not pick him. He went past me round after course, round after round. And no one list. picked him in our yeah. leagues, and I, I just let him go. And look what kind of year he had. Just even the presence. That's what it is. It's 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 now we have to double this guy because he yes. can make plays. Where Jordan Matthews can't get separation off a, a, a third, you know, a third. Not I don't want to say a third string, but the third guy on your depth chart cornerback. <laughs> As a Giants fan, I was thrilled when they drafted Jordan Matthews. I did not think that this was going to be some kind of big, you know, uh, game changing receiver. Nope. Turned out not to be. Um, Ira, you're just a little bit older than than Sean and I. I'm not you're just a little bit older. You got to see the golden age of quarterbacks. Yeah, the whole you know I was alive from Reno, Montana, but I was eight. Tom Brady, the best of all time. 
Oh, clearly he's the best all time. I mean, there's. I just think there's no doubt that he's the best all time because he's done it for. So he's. Everyone talks about longevity or compile like the compilers versus the who's the best. He has had the two of the best football seasons ever. You know, the undefeated season went with Moss and everything, and he's done it with different wide receivers. He's done when he had no wide receivers. He's won the rings. Which I think Branch. <laughs> he's won. Stud. He's, he's won the Super Bowls when uh, you know when I think it matters. Like some people say, oh, titles don't matter. I think titles do matter. Oh, titles. Totally. And you can see, and you can see in the end of the games, in the Steeler game when they weren't playing that well, and the Steelers, I think, had everything on their, they had it, they had that game, and he starts four passes down the middle to Gronkowski, they win that game against Jacksonville when everything looked uh, was to be horrendous again. But he's been doing it for so many years. Mm-hmm. There's not a, a soul in this room, I don't think, that knew that the Patriots were going to win that game against Jacksonville. Second half, Tom Brady oh just looked God. like a different player. You knew it was going to happen. You could have wrote it at the, at ten minutes into the into the second uh, third quarter. You could have wrote the the end of the. Of if the game. you went to the Wikipedia page at halftime, it actually <laughs> said the Patriots are going to win that game. Well, Ira, that brings me to my next question, though. Tom Brady over under. One and a half more Super Bowls. I don't want to say. I don't want to say. You, over. Nobody wants to ever say under on him, though, because I want. To, I want the Steelers to win. Like I, I'm rooting for the. I'm rooting for the. My microphone is black and gold. Just so you know, I don't know. Like he he sat in this chair and moved over. Thank you for giving me the. And you're the blue. You're blue and black one. I got pink. Thanks, guys. But, that was by choice, Mike. Uh, I, I just I I want them to win. Get them the sixth title this year, and can the Steelers win it next year, please? You know the Steelers now I, next year. Windows scheduled. closing. The window's closing for everybody, but the Steelers next year <laughs> have the Patriots again at home. If you're a Patriot fan, you have to be so upset about the schedule. The fact that the Steelers, your number one rival, now gets you three years in a row at home. That's that amazing. is strange the way that, that worked it's out. It's amazing, but I. I, I would have to say, yes, he's going to get more than one and a half. I think he's going to get two Super Bowls. Going over. Listen, I like that. Sean, what do you think? One and a half more Super Bowls for Tom Brady. I'm a Cowboys fan, so somehow, some way, I honestly think the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. I don't know why. It's like I've been praying for them to lose, and they don't. And it bothers me. But at the end of the day, how do you bet against Tom Brady? So I want to chalk up this year as one. So does that mean – if it, the man's 40 years old. Okay, He's going to win the MVP. We could talk about Carson Wentz. If he stayed healthy, he could have won it. Well, guess what? Tom Brady would have finished second or would have won it. I mean, it was it was a two-man race. Are we really saying that, you know, he can't play for another two to three years, especially with I, this absolutely. roster? I mean, it, it's just it's Brady and Belichick. How do you bet against that? So I, I don't want to say no. Is it improbable? Listen, listen to what you're asking. Is he going to win more than basically is, assuming is he gonna he's going to win two Super Bowls? He's 40 years old. We're asking the question. <laughs> is he going to win two Super Bowls? He's 40. The guy's got three years. So left. then I'm just going to say yes, he's going to win it. Because you asked me, is a 40-year-old man going to win two more Super Bowls? <laughs> so the answer is yes, obviously. <laughs> uh, let's start breaking down the game, guys. We would love to hear from you, though. Plenty of Dolphins fans here in South Florida listening to the True Oldies channel. Tom Brady, not the best quarterback ever. We want to hear from you. 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. This is Ira on Sports with Mike and Sean. Mike Balsamo, Sean LaGrega. Let's get into the game a little bit. We'll start with the Eagles because the Patriots, we know what they're going to do. They're going to take away your best best attribute, and Tom Brady's going to pick you apart. Ira, what's the, your keys to the Eagles winning this game? Well, I just I'm I'm a big college football fan, so I like to look at records and I like to look at when teams because you think college football all the time, like when in Alabama, people sort of said, "Well, Alabama, look what they played, how mm-hmm. they played." And when you go over, I know in pro football we just look at the last game, and I think that's true. I just want to look at the schedule since 
They beat the Giants. It's September 24th. They beat the Giants 27-24. Giants terrible. They beat the Chargers 26-24. The Chargers at that time were terrible. They beat Arizona 34-7. Everybody was hurt on the team. They were playing with four-string guys. Then they beat Carolina 28-23. They had that was when they were terrible. Then they beat Washington 34-24. Washington had nobody. Then they played San Francisco 33-10. That's when there was no Garoppolo there. They were terrible. It's PG pre-Garoppolo. Then we're going through this the dumpster fire of the the teams here. Exactly. Then they played the great Denver Broncos. I mean 51-23. Then they played. Dallas when Zeke was suspended. Out. Tyron was out. Sean Lee was out. Trust me. That was not a fun game. Then they beat Treblitzky's, uh, the Chicago Bears, 31-3. So they had that nice run, but who were they beating? These are Nobody. the worst teams in the league. Then they play one good team, and I remember that was a game, and none of their games, one thing with the Eagles, they weren't on primetime, they weren't really no. big, they weren't big games, but remember they did play Seattle, I think that was on Sunday night, yeah, and then was, Seattle, yep. and Seattle killed them on Sunday Smacked night. Smacked them. And then and then they played you know then the Rams forty two thirty five and then which was a good that's win. a good win that, that, was, that, that was a good win that's I'm their giving, signature win I'm giving, yeah. then they beat the and Giants thirty four twenty nine which is nothing they beat the uh, Raiders which were terrible the end of the season nineteen ten the Dallas game and then they so I just there's not there's no meat there's I'm no not meat disagreeing with you um, one of the things though and I'm sure you guys both know this the NFC East they beat each other up if you yeah. can go six and zero in the NFC East. That help. You're you're almost guaranteeing a a, a, a buy. That's I think the weeks. old the old NFC East. I, not this year's. No, NFC no, no. You're not right. With, not with McAdoo coaching the Giants. You know, not so. I, I do think we have a, a call coming in here on the True Oldies channel eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty to chime in eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Joker's on the line with us. Joker, what's going on? Listen, uh, I'd like to talk to Ira. Can you talk a little bit about JB Holmes, please, and what he did yesterday? If anybody's not um, familiar with what Joker's talking about, yesterday J.B. Holmes was holding up the, uh, I don't remember the, the gentleman's name in the uh, Tory Pines. He took over five minutes to make a shot and then pushed this to Monday. Ira, what's your take on this? Um, you know, golf has a, a lot of unwritten rules. Yeah. And um, boy, that, I mean, but, I, but you see this on some of these golfers. I mean, they're, they take forever. Uh, they, it's, it's been a problem. And that was, that was so. I mean, everyone, nobody's watching at that moment the golf tournament. Tiger was done. I watched Tiger the whole tournament. I didn't watch the end. I mean, I was following Tiger around the I know you're a big Tiger groupie. I am totally a Tiger groupie <laughs> and everything like that. Trust me, if I think J.B. Holmes did that to Tiger and Steve Williams was his caddy, Steve oh, Williams would have gone out and hit the ball for him. Yeah, That's exactly. what would happen. I, I think that does um, lead into part buster. of it, though, is that uh, like, I didn't even remember the guy's name who was in the playoff with Jason Day today. It, it, it wasn't a big, wasn't a big Ryan, pa- Ryan Palmer. Norin um, was the guy in the play, Alex Norin. If, if it was Adam Scott or even like somebody who people know, Phil Mickelson's behind him, he's throwing seven irons. Yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't happen like that. Joker, what, what did you think? Well, I, mean, I thought he was trying to freeze him out. Oh, absolutely. And, but that's one of those unwritten rules that I was talking about. It doesn't look good for you. And J.B. Holmes is a notoriously slow player anyways, but it was really almost six minutes to hit that shot. This happened once before. I heard it today. I'm gonna. I think it was to Calc. Calc was playing with somebody else, and he got so frustrated that he just walked up and just played ahead, got on the green, and he ended up getting fouled. He ended up getting fined. Oh, that's great. Eh, stuff happens. Joker, I want to thank you so much for the call. We're gonna talk a little bit more golf later. Coming up on Ira on Sports. This is 95.9, the True Oldies Channel. Chime in like Joker did. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Sean, did you want to go through uh, some of your Eagles keys to victory? Well, I think we could just name the players. It's Derek Barnett. It's Brandon Graham. It's Vinnie Curry. It's Chris Long, who's had a resurrection. Phenomenal. From, you know, yeah. yeah. And, and, and Fletcher Cox. I mean, these are the guys. When you talk about, he, no one is scared 
from Philadelphia's secondary. They've lost people in, in their linebacker corps. That front four as they rotate them, are just monsters. And and we've seen the recipe to beat the Patriots in a Super Bowl, and I don't want to get you excited, hey. Mike, because you're a Giants fan, <laughs> and we already know. We called it the Ferrari package when it was in New York. But, <laughs> but, but when we look at those guys, the amount of pressure that they're able to generate, when we look at the Falcons blowing out you know uh, the Rams in L.A. and then coming out and scoring 10 points against the Eagles, shutting down Minnesota's offense, which I don't, I'm not a big Case Keenum believer, but to hold them to seven points. They, they scored. It's the front yeah. four. Fletcher Cox is the best defensive player, not named Aaron Donald. And we had the conversation before the show started. Aaron Donald's the man. I mean, the guy's a monster. And you could go over the stats and say how great he is. Yeah. And Fletcher Cox is that guy. I mean, he might not be on that stage yet, but guess what? He's playing in the Super Bowl, and everybody's going to know who Fletcher Cox is after this game. <laughs> Ira, Patriots, they're like a story as old as time. You know what they're going to do. They beat you anyways. What's the keys to the Pats winning? Again, looking at the schedule. I think what happened, that first, I, everyone said they're going to have this great defense when the year started. Their defense was supposedly amazing. And the first game, they get blown out by Kansas City. Blown 40, out by 41 the 42 <laughs> seven. Yeah, yeah, 42 Then seven. they barely beat New Orleans 36-20, which is a closer game. And then remember that uh, Texans game with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. That was his coming out party, 36-33. But after that, their defense looked terrible. Their defense started to play really well mm-hmm. the rest yeah, of the year. Did. And that's what was surprising. At first, and that's why the overall rankings of the season was like, oh, the Patriots, I think, were like 12th-ranked defense or 13th-ranked defense. But if you just took like the last two months of the season, they're one of the top two or three defenses in the league. So that defense has to be the defense that played at the end, not what played at the beginning of the season. And that's what. And I was looking for the Steelers. The Steelers game, I was at the game. I felt the Steelers, I was waiting for the Steelers to, okay, we're, it's going to be a 48-44 mm-hmm. game. And the Steelers had trouble. Their defense actually came up. Yeah. They made big plays. They, they, they frustrated They frustrated the Steelers so much. And um, I, was, you know, I was more impressed with the Patriots defense than the Jaguars defense, actually. And that's saying a lot. Statistically, though, they were at the top of almost every category over the last 10 games of the season. Right. It, things drastically went different for Matt Patricia, Bill Belichick, and, and that defense. Uh, <coughs> Sean, uh, what, what are you thinking here? Tom Brady, you think that the Eagles are going to win. We'll talk more about that later, but what's going to be the Pats' keys to victory? Listen, I think the Patriots are going to win, but there's this just deep, unsettling feeling in my stomach and my bowels that the Eagles are going to win and I just don't like it. As a Giants fan, I have But the keys to victory, yes. I think it's definitely on the offense of the uh, Can you imagine Eagle fans gloating for an entire year? Do you want to see those Eagle fans? Okay, listen. Before the game started last week, they punched cop horses in the face. What is going to happen if they actually win? I mean, they're going to they're going to they're going to blow up the Liberty Bell. They're going to knock out Rocky's statue. I don't even want to even think about Tell that. Tell me the last AFC championship team or a championship team that won that had Did you see how many people were in Philadelphia downtown Philly after they won the oh, game? Oh, it was insane. Ten, they thought they won the Super Bowl. It's like, yeah. "No, there's one more game." Yeah. Unless unless they were thinking it was pre-Super Bowl when you just had to win the championship and that was the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, I could not believe it. There's no who was in Boston, downtown Boston celebrating that victory. Uh, cuz they expected I mean, it's a city of champions over there in Boston. But I will say about the Eagles, uh, 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 let's go to the Patriots. I, I definitely think it comes down to Tom Brady. It's going to be the, the, the how do we contain that front four? I already went over what the Eagles have to do. Ira brings up a good point, and we're talking about the defense. But when we do go back and we look, right, you know, how they've kind of transitioned. I mean, they started out, they had, I think they had a good game week one, but, but it was losing Dante Hightower. 
All right, so when you talk about, and I can reflect and, and talk about the Cowboys, losing Sean Lee, our emotional defensive leader, the mastermind of the defense that's calling the plays, that's Dante Hightower. I mean, they lost him very early. They brought in uh, David Harris from the Jets, somebody that knows that team very well. He's kind of stepped in. Um, but, but I do think it comes down to what is Bill Belichick going to scheme up to avoid that pass rush. And and we already know they kind of match up very well. Uh, they get all, uh, Philadelphia gets off the ball very quick. Well, what does Tom Brady do? Amazing. Gets the ball out of his hands extremely quick. So if they go in, they play their game and they and they and they give him, you know, that three-step drop, get it out of his hands real quick. I don't think that pass rush that Philadelphia brings to the table is going to affect Tom Brady the way it does other teams. And the wide receivers that the Patriots have are much different than the Randy Moss. Exactly. Right the, Hogan. They run I, three They run Hogan three yards, catch a ball, turn it into 12. And, yeah, exactly. And then he can do, and the running backs, they have how many running backs that they have that just go out of the back? Deion Lewis, James White, Rex Burkhead is is a phenomenal guy. Gillespie is the guy that's going to pound it in between the tackles. I mean, you have you have a four-headed monster. They always do. And this <laughs> This is the best running game that they've had since this Tom Brady era started. I mean, LeGarrette Blunt, 18 touchdowns last year. That's an anomaly. I mean, exactly. th- this running game is very, very strong. I'm interested to see what happens. <coughs> and that's going to be the battle, I think, that the running game versus the, the defense of uh, of the Eagles and, and see what happens. Well, I, I would say not just running, but the short little passing. Like when the I, when dink I, we and dunk. About, right, the, the dink, dink and dunk. dunk. Those using that. How many times? Over the last three years, have you seen Tom Brady throw that exact same route that Danny Amendola with? The cross in the end zone, back. It's in the same spot. Every he does it every game. Nobody can stop it. Mike, I, I emailed Belichick when Ellen went down in the precinct. I was like, listen, I can run three yards. I can pick up five. I, it's just it. I got it. Sign me up. Oh, uh, 735. This is Iron Sports with Mike and Sean, 95.9, the true oldies channel. We want to hear from you. 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. I'm a Giants fan. Sean's a Cowboy fan. Ira is a Steelers fan. Ira, we've talked a little bit about the Steelers uh, already today. You said maybe there should be some uh, discontent between the Roonies and Mike Tomlin. One of the reasons that I agree with you on that is because this is the most drama-filled team in the league now. The Cowboys were the drama team for years. You guys are the drama team now. Big Ben, do we know what this guy's doing? I mean, he, as a, if I was a Steelers fan, I'd be pulling my hair out thinking, do I have a quarterback? I mean, is this guy just going to walk off? He, he seems disinterested to me to a certain extent, and he shouldn't because he's got the best receiver and best running back in the league, arguably. What do you think's going to happen with Ben in the offseason? Oh, it bends back. I mean, he's made that announcement. I think it was a power play to get Haley out, and I think that was exactly. But you are a 100,000% about that. It's just drama after drama. And then you read about the James Harrison situation, which we haven't talked about with the Patriots, is that here you have a defense that started struggling in the middle of the year, having its problems, but they weren't even playing James Harrison, who was there healthy. And I'd sit behind the Steeler bench, and I'd see him sit there stew and mad, and they wouldn't put him in the game. And then Tomlin kept saying, oh, wait, we're using him when we need him. We're going to put him in. And they just kept jerking him around about, when he's going to be in the game. So finally, he supposedly he was sleeping in the meetings and you have all that comes out. But the, I'll tell you what, the first the first play of the Titans game, he was in that game and Henry goes, I think, over right tackle and Harrison's being blocked and he grabbed Henry and who's one of the biggest running backs in the league for the Titans and grabbed him and threw him down with one arm and like, just Steelers, we needed that. And then you have Antonio Brown. People forget about what he did during the uh, the Chicago game with the Gatorade, throwing the Gatorade mm-hmm. on the field. Mm-hmm. The Steelers had a whole problem with the sta- uh, the uh, the national anthem, standing, not standing, those issues were going up. Uh, you had the whole thing with Martavius Bryant saying he won a trade in the oh. middle of the year. So he's, I mean, I could go, it's it a soap opera. Yeah. You guys are the Kardashians on of the NFL. On yeah, and on. Juju Juju Smister had his bike stolen and everybody thought Martavius Bryant stole his bike. So <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, it is unbelievable. And that just went on and was one thing after another. And Ben, certainly. You heard it here first. It was just, it was, it was, it's every position, drama everywhere. And I think that's, and I think that's what, look, the Steelers, I think, could have still overcome all that because some teams do overcome drama to win. Of course. But they, but then not being ready for Jacksonville, not being prepared for that game. When they overlooking them, they were talking about, they were talking about the Patriots. They were talking about it. Oh, we get to play them twice and we get to play the Patriots twice. I mean, that's the attitude that you don't bring. And that's where, Mike, where you bring up a good point, you have to put that on the coach. Where you talk to, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're at a Bill Belichick press conference, he won't even think about it. We have this team ahead of us. This is what we're thinking about right now. Yeah. I mean, there, there is no, I mean, everybody is in one yeah, right single game, formation. Right next game, Everybody's week. in one formation moving as a swift unit where you have Le'Veon Bell doing this and you have Antonio Brown going here and this guy going here. I mean, that has to be on the coach. That has to be. Sean, you just said it, Le'Veon Bell, he's might be the most talented. Ezekiel Elliott, great running back, amazing offensive line. That's that's awesome. David Johnson, the guy just is a playmaker. Le'Veon Bell does some things that I've never seen a running back do. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy is just so elusive, such a threat out of the back. I bet you could take the uh, number two, three, and four uh, reception leaders for running backs, add them up, and they wouldn't have what Le'Veon Bell's had in the mm-hmm. last three years. Le'Veon Bell, Ira, what's the deal with this guy? I mean, he's ready to retire. He's not going to be franchise tagged. What does he want? I think he's getting what he's wanted. Looks like they're going to make work out a contract, but clearly, I mean, do you want to pay a running back that much? I hate that. I, I he's he deserves it. They're he's not the deserve, best. He deserves it, but they need for what they run their offense and what they do. Then uh, um, that's what they're able to do. Yeah, they run they run their offense through Le'Veon Bell. No, absolutely, they do, and he's he's a weapon. I hate tying up money on, on running backs. They're just a dime a dozen. Said, I don't want to pay Odell Beckham the $18 million that he's going to want. I don't think Odell deserves it. Well, that's because you don't like his haircut. <laughs> I, do, I think Odell's a cancer, and I don't want guys like that on my team. You know, um, Great player. Uh, great players don't – great wide receivers don't win you Super Bowls, and that's what I want. But they use Le- – the way the Steelers use Le'Veon Bell, he has to be. they got to pay him and, and it, because the way they use him. It's, it's just he's not a normal running back. He's they, a running back who had 85 catches. Exactly. I don't mean to interrupt, Ira, but that's 80 – he had 107 targets. Yeah, that would have led most teams number ones. Yes, that's what I mean. <laughs> it's like literally you're looking at a guy that had 107 and you're, and you're targets. Win- and your window is now. I mean your window is just – the window is there. They have to do it now. Go, go, I don't care. Like right now, I just – we want – Steeler fans want the Super Bowl. We want to win. <laughs> we want to get our seventh Super Bowl. Yeah. We, you know, we want to get that now. We don't care. Eight years from now, I mean, two years from now, I don't care if we're zero and sixteen. We got to win it right yeah, now. Yeah, and he's twenty-five years old. It's not like he's 27, 28, oh, no, where, where Adrian Peterson got his money. You know, it, it, it's this man is twenty-five years old. He's been the best running back in the league, and he's the guy that drives that offense. We got a caller on the line. It's Abby from the University of Maryland. Got a terrapin on with us. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty to chime in. Abby, what's going on? Hi, I was just wondering what Ira thinks if the Patriots win. Does he think Tom Brady will retire to give Big Ben a chance to win another? <laughs> no, Brady certainly. <laughs> Brady is not retiring. I mean, I, th- I think Ben's going to retire before Brady. I one hundred percent agree with you. I mean, Brady. I mean, you know, the, the more that people like Max Kellerman said that you know he's falling off a cliff. I mean, this whole cliff that, that whatever cliff he's on. I mean, it's so far away. Yeah. But there's no way Brady retires. I mean, I don't care if he wins the Super. If he loses, wins whatever. If he gets hurt in the Super Bowl, he's coming back. He's playing. Yeah. Absolutely, it's more like a bunny hill, not a cliff. I mean, he's at this point. <laughs> Abby from Maryland, I want to thank you so much for the call. 877-960-9960 is the number to chime in. 877-960-9960. couple of more football <coughs> questions before we transition. I think this has been one of the, the toughest coach of the year um, 
coach of the year decisions in a long time. I've got four guys oh, who yeah. are all deserving of it. Ira, who's your coach of the year in the NFL? It's Peterson. I think. I think it was just. I think they. I because I don't think the Eagles are that good. I don't think they have the talent. <laughs> That's a good so point, though. I feel he got the record. I feel like he's won victories. I think he showed that he was able to get the team set, and then have to deal with losing your quarterback and yeah. having everyone else, you know, moan and groan about mm-hmm. all the different things. I mean, if you look at how sports is, everybody's looking for excuse. Everyone's looking for excuse to lose. They almost are not looking for a reason to win. They're looking for excuse. He did not let that be a distraction. He did not let that be an excuse for Nick. Foles was prepared the team was ready to go he was able to hold on more than anything hold on to that first playoff spot mm-hmm. that huge. was key and that then to huge. be able to win I mean that's what win is in game coaching I think he's a coach well they only lose one game without Wentz right yeah I mean yeah, and it, it was the last game of the year against the Cowboys yeah. and they only played their starters for half the game I mean yeah no amazing work Sean who's your coach of the year I mean, you got to throw Peterson's name in there, but but like we said, there's a few guys. I mean, Sean McVay Sean in McVay. L.A. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, really? The Rams? Jared Goff was the biggest bust of all time ever last year, and then he's like all of a sudden this great quarterback, okay? Um, Doug Marone with Jacksonville. Blake Bortles. I can throw lefty better than Blake Bortles can throw with his strong hand, okay? Um, but I think I really have to give it to Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills. They haven't been to the playoffs since 1999. They finished 9-7. and seven. They traded their number one pick for from a few years ago, and Stephen Gilmore to the Patriots, they traded um, and, and gave Sammy up. Watkins. They gave up Roby. They gave up their two, their number one and number two cornerbacks. So they said, "Hey, this is going to be a done year." They gave up Marcel Darius. All right, so that's two number ones and a number two, and they finished nine and seven. They benched Tyrod Taylor because they said, "Hey, this is done. We're throwing in the towel." Nathan Peterman threw five interceptions in on four half. passes. Okay, <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but it did happen, and they still went nine and seven and 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 went to the playoffs. So. You know, I, I just think he did a phenomenal job where you had the front office basically giving up on a guy, and his team did not give up on him. I, I got to go McVay. I don't I, I've never seen a team turn it around so fast. Maybe it's Jeff Fisher sucks that bad. If, McV- if, if the Rams did not lose to the Falcons at home the way they did, Rookie it would have been McVay. Second year quarterback. I understand. I understand. But I mean, they got blown out. I get you too, but I'm not going to judge a body of work and him taking a team that won two or three games, and, uh, you know, up to a 12 and four team and the highest scoring offense in the league. Yeah. That that holds a lot of weight for me. Like I said, there's no wrong answer here. These guys yeah. all I mean, yeah. did a phenomenal job. It's not just handing it to Belichick like we do most years. This is going to be tough. But isn't it amazing? that the the Bills had Marone as their coach. Yeah, he laughed because they were, and then they get yeah. McDermott. So, and in between, uh, sandwiched by Rex Ryan. So yeah. that, that was sort of that was unbelievable. Isn't it fun when Rex shows up to the party and ruins everything? Yeah, He's right. really good at that. Oh um, this transitions to my next question. NFL MVP. This is another, like I said, I, I think Wentz not getting injured. I think he was a lock for it. My pick's Todd Gurley out of that offense. And I, I know it's ve- running backs don't win MVP. What that guy did this year was phenomenal. And we talk about offenses going through Le'Veon Bell. That offense went through Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. Goff can throw, but they were so afraid of Gurley on every play. Ira, who's your MVP? It's Brady. It has to, I think it's Brady. But as much as <laughs> I'm in fantasy, and Gurley that last week when he had, I think, 700 every yards rushing. Every team in the finals had Todd Gurley on it. Oh, my gosh. That one, that game, he was catching balls. They couldn't tackle him. He just kept running and running and running and scoring. It was terrible to watch. It was awful. But And I was against him. But I still won that week. <laughs> I still won that week. Kareem Hunt knocked me out the week before, but I won the overall. But the fact is Gurley had an amazing year. And he's, you know, it's amazing about Gurley because last year everyone's saying, again, with Goff, it was such a bust. 
bust. So that's where Sean McVay's done a great job because mm-hmm. Gurley last year was like, boy, they need to get another running back. Gurley was this big bust. He didn't develop. He's this and that. It was weird. And what a turnaround for him. Now, I'll be interested. I mean, next year, what they do, I, the Rams are the team that I think everybody wants to see what's going to happen next year. Mm-hmm. Where, and can San Fran. I, I'm excited to see my boy Jimmy Oh, G. my God. I with, love Jimmy. With Shanahan? Oh. This Look is going to be fun. I think they won five, five of six with him starting. So mm-hmm. that, that's my other team uh, to keep my eyes on. 745, this is Iron Sports 95.9, the true oldies channel. Mike and Sean in with you as well. 877-960-9960. We would love to hear from you. Um, Ira, you're one of these weird people that watches the Pro Bowl. Nobody watches the Pro Bowl. You like it. But then again, you just love sports. Do you enjoy the Pro Bowl before we get to my question? Are you just watching it for the theatrics? I, I, I watched it. I made my mom watch it. My mom was freezing cold <laughs> after the beach yesterday, and I said, we're going to sit and watch the fourth, third, and fourth quarter of it. <laughs> so, um, but I, I loved I mean, I don't know. I think the Pro Bowl this year was better because I think the way the refs called it, I think it's a, football's very hard. I think this year they didn't make as much of a joke. When you wrap somebody up, they didn't, they didn't have to tackle them. They just they blew the whistle. Last year and the year before, it was ludicrous because they were sort of tackling, not tackling. Nobody knew what it was. Like this year when Lavian Bell attempted to run out of bounds, they sort of said blew the whistle dead then he started mm-hmm. to running they actually blew it dead then so it was almost two hand touch but I, I just think it's interesting it's interesting to see the players I, 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 I'm such a big NFL fan that I thought this year was actually better and I did like the skills competition I watched that the today the skills competition's awesome I hadn't watched the skills competition before but that kick the NHL's the best all-star the tic-tac-toe the tic-tac-toe of yeah. the kickers mm-hmm. was pretty cool and the dodgeball game they gotta do that more like that's <laughs> we gotta have that dodgeball no, game that's what people wanna tremendous. see is these skills competitions like I said the NHL does it right I mean the NHL's yeah. all-star weekend is awesome NFL's gotten a lot better what can we do though to make the game good? There's I mean, nothing. There's nothing more you can do because otherwise people are gonna get hurt. Like when the Steelers were playing, they had nine players out there. The most of the time I'm watching, I'm like, don't get hurt. I couldn't I see them. Play flag. Please play don't blow out your flag. knee. I need you. I starting couldn't. I the couldn't season. believe Le'Veon Bell was running so much. Like yeah. I'm like just. I was just saying no injury because if you remember, this this gets back to Drew Brees. You know this whole idea that Sports Illustrated wrote that Drew Brees would have been with the Dolphins because Drew Brees got injured in the Pro Bowl and tore his labrum, and yeah. then he went down to the Dolphins and they said your your labrum's torn. You're not going to work. Saints get him. What if he stayed? with the Dolphins what if Nick Saban then has him and then he starts yeah. winning titles with them then Nick Saban doesn't ever go to Alabama and, and, and Drew Brees is a, the king of Miami are you saying that the Dolphins have made bad personnel decisions <laughs> they picked Dante Culpepper over Drew Brees Jeff so, Ireland there, there's been a lot of questionable decisions through that franchise but every franchise I, we could talk about the Giants they're the worst Jerry Reese has been the worst drafting GM that I've seen in the last decade and he gets credit for getting Odell Beckham you're supposed to get good players at three exactly you're yeah. supposed to well, I would say in terms of you know fixing the Pro Bowl, okay, and, and Mike, you brought up a good point. The NHL has the best one. They've changed their format. No one wants to see 33 to 32 where they scored all the goals and, 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 and they don't play. They've gone to like games. a three-on-three format, and they've broken it down by um, you know sections of the world, North America, Europe, uh, you know, and, they, and they've pretty much done it like that. What I think the NFL should do, and I don't know the, the exact format, but and Ira, you also brought a, a good point. It's almost like it's two-hand touch. Why not make it a flag football game make it flag. why don't you make it seven on seven yeah, and do it by man. divisions you know and, and if you oh, break it up idea. like that you know where where I think the NBA does it there's got to be one guy from every single team so now all the fans are participating because they care about their guy and now you have a seven on seven kind of tournament and now you're, you're you're looking at it that way so every team has to send three representatives to the Pro Bowl you know because at the end of the day you know where we stack it and, and there's three guys from the Cowboys playing offensive line well you know it, it, that's a little it's a little skewed when you have 
have Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Bryan, and a guy from their offensive line on the field all at once, it's like, well, let's throw a guy from the Browns in there. You know, and, and they make <laughs> Cleveland care about this game. So one, I think that would do a rating spike, and at the same time, changing it to that format now, not saying that kids can't get hurt playing flag, you guys can't get hurt playing flag football, but it'd be a little bit more exciting. Seven on seven, you play maybe from the 40-yard line in, and there you go. The hardest hit at the Pro Bowl was Drew Brees' kids fighting on the sideline. You guys see that? <laughs> that was awesome. That was the hardest hit of the game. Uh, let's change gears, guy. N- uh, guys, NBA, this has been a, kind of a weird year so far. And Ira, you're one of the biggest basketball fans I know. You think there's any chance that we won't see the Cavs in the finals? I, I was in, I've seen three Cavalier games in Cleveland this year so far. So I think it's Golden State, Miami, and Charlotte. And I liked, on paper, this team. I thought they had a lot of fun parts that could work. Tyrone Liu, talk about coaching. I think he has done – now, I know he doesn't coach. I know LeBron coaches yeah. the team. But, you know, I said I, that, I thought that about Spolster, though. And Spolster's an excellent coach. You know, so The, the could, gap between Spolster well, – I think Spolster's an excellent coach because he was able to coach LeBron for four years because I think no one has been able to coach LeBron for four years. Mm-hmm. He should do credit for that, for yeah. being able to coach LeBron because he's <laughs> completely uncoachable. But Tyrone Liu has – this. the pieces have not worked. Um, the, I have never seen what they're doing with the Kevin Love. I mean, this is – Kevin it, Love is lying on the ground and Jay Crowder – walks over your own teammate not an opposing teammate or saying you know have respect your opposing letting your own teammate <laughs> lie on the floor and not pick him up just walk over him I mean it's it's amazing I mean Draymond Green and LeBron had a better relationship <laughs> and, uh, but I think that the, the Isaiah Thomas trade has been a, into for Kyrie has just so messed them up and you can see now Isaiah uh-huh. running his mouth he's after love I mean what is he doing I mean this team's made the finals th- three years and now he's screaming and yelling and I, I think that they have problems but they will write it. I think I am not sold on Boston like everyone else is. I think this team will write the ship. LeBron is playing at an extremely high level. They Wade is going to come back. They're going to get the parts that mix. They're going to somehow they're going to they're going to make it. So I do think the Cavs. Don't we have this conversation every year about the Cavs? No, I mean this it's isn't... like there's that there's that span of a few weeks where like the world's imploding. They're having team meetings. Yeah. This guy's mad at this guy. Kevin Love is always like you know the the stepchild in this relationship. It's the same thing every year. And guess what? They figure it out with 15 games to go the regular season they lock up a top two spot whether it's one or two and okay even if they don't have home court advantage you know who they have they have LeBron James so that's that we have these conversations repeatedly every single year and the same outcome happens every single year they're always at the top I mean it's not like they're well they're currently in third right now you know what I mean they're always at the top three um it wasn't like the Celtics you know the Celtics big three first first eighth and then they win the championship because they knew all we gotta do is be here just get us in the dance, and we're going to beat anybody that we have to play. I think that maybe they have that same uh, outlook. Like you said, Sean, 15 games to go. All right, let's start playing best. Yeah. You know, it, well, it's just figuring it out. Like, you know, even if you look at the roster right now, and they're still shuffling the roster, I, I truly believe that that um, uh, Smith will take a real backseat to Dwayne Wade. You know, at some point, you're going to have to roll out, and you're going to go with – Thomas at the one, Wade at the two, LeBron at the three. You're gonna have Love at the four, and 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 Thompson at the five. I mean, and then you're gonna stick to that. Uh, you know, to, to to have Wade come out for a few days, and I think he was he left because his agent passed away. So you know, he was taking care of matters there and all that stuff. Integrating Isaiah Thomas, who at the end of the day is still not 100% healthy. He didn't get a chance to really rehab and get in game shape. It was like, okay, I'm healed. Let me go play a game. You know, so so we're still not fully seeing the Isaiah Thomas dynamic. You know, at full 
strength yet. You know, and that's what they're trying to figure out. And I do believe that having those team meetings and, and, and getting to the to the bottom of it and saying, hey, their biggest problem is not offense. I mean, it's defense. If you watch them, it's like, you know, Isaiah Thomas is not a defensive stalwart. You know, <laughs> I mean, the, the, Dwayne Wade at this at this point in his career is not that fiery He's guy that he was. Exactly. You know, LeBron James is that heart and soul of that team, and they're going to go as far as he carries them. 7.53, this is Ira on Sports with Mike and Sean, 95.9, the true oldies channel, 877-960-9960. <coughs> That's the number to chime in. Let's get into our NBA midseason awards. All-Star game is almost here. Uh, we got about seven minutes to go, a couple of topics to get to. What do you guys think? Rookie of the year. Ira, what do you, what do you got for rookie of the year in the NBA? Midseason. You know, it's a. This is a tough because people want to give it to Ben Simmons, mm. and and you know, Ben Simmons. not? Ben Simmons <laughs> <He> can't shoot. <laughs> ben Simmons can't shoot threes, but he's played great. They're an exciting team to watch. I, I think he's fun to watch. I I'm, I play. I'm a big fantasy NBA basketball player, so I love the NBA for fantasy. And Donovan Mitchell, oh. who I had never thought would be a good NBA player, young Dwayne Wade, uh, amazing, right? amazing. Yes, he he is. He's phenomenal. He plays on Utah, and if you guys stay up late at night on the NBA <laughs> TV and watch him at 1 o'clock in the morning, you might see him play. But they lose Gordon Hayward. Now, they're not playing well this year. Losing Hayward really hurt them a lot. Yeah. But Mitchell has played fantastic, and he is just scoring the nights of 35 and 36, and his stat line is amazing. So I've, I was up at 3 a.m. every day watching uh, Utah versus Sacramento. <laughs> i got to be up for that jazz game. Yeah. But if you, get, if, if you guys, if someone has a chance, if you're just turn the channel watch Mitchell play he is so much fun to watch he goes to the hole he's he's a miniature he's a little Russell Westbrook too a little bit yeah because he does have the explosiveness. those explosiveness I mean I remember when Westbrook came in the league and I was at a Nick game and Westbrook got the ball <laughs> on the elbow like on just like maybe 20 feet out and he went and dunked the basketball and nobody else moved they thought yeah. a foul was called <laughs> he was so fast that he just got and dunked it before anyone realized that what did he just do it was yeah. amazing Sean who's your uh, rookie of the year so far I, I honestly do have to pick Ben Simmons for argument's sake, because I because the Mitchell pick is great, and when you he he's one of those guys, and and it's the East Coast bias. I mean, we live on the East Coast, so we don't get to see those. Utah guys. doesn't. Most people wouldn't know there's a team uh, in Utah. And, and it's the same thing. It's like you know, it, it's like and you think about the Jazz. Like, how good was Gordon Hayward? But no one knew. You know, how good is Damian Lillard? No oh, one knows. Yeah. I mean, no one cares. Be and it's not even that it's the, the East Coast West Coast bias. He plays in Utah, so he plays for the Lakers. He's not on the Clippers. Yeah. He plays for the Jazz. But I will go Ben Simmons for argument's sake because it, yet again. When you watch this guy play, he can't shoot, okay? He's a point guard. Most <laughs> point guards can't shoot, okay? But he changes the game because he's monstrous. His basketball IQ is through the roof. The passes the guy makes, it's LeBron-esque, Magic Johnson-esque. Mm-hmm. He grabs boards. He does everything, you know, where Mitchell is a scorer. That's what he is. He's a scorer. He's not a true facilitator, but he can take over a game. But when you actually look at Ben Simmons' play, and I know technically he's kind of in his second year because he was drafted, but he didn't play last mm-hmm. year, uh, you know, so he's got the Bodies built up the mass and the size, so he's able to drive the hole, um, you know, better than some of these guys. Uh, but but at the end of the day, when you watch him, the way he takes over the game, we're going to see LeBron type numbers from this guy moving forward. Ira, who's your coach of the year so far in the NBA midseason? Um, I think it's Spolster. I think this is amazing. There's no there's he no, continues to to amaze me with with the, the production he gets out of. Not good players, but look at what's also happened. Whiteside has been hurt he's most awful. of the year. You know he's been terrible, and then and wait and waiters has been out. It's just it's to me it's been amazing what they've been able to do. Last year, that turnaround that they had was just phenomenal. It was the first time in my life 
I was like, man, this guy really is a good coach. I thought he deserved coach of the year last year, and they didn't make the playoffs. But just what he did with nothing, and what were they, 13 and 30 yeah. at one point? I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. Sean, mid-season coach of the year. I think I have to give it to Brad Stevens. I mean, yeah, it's hard you, Danny Ainge goes out and trades your best player. You know, arguably, you know, what he finished second in MVP voting last year, your leading scorer. Um, we get rid of Avery Bradley, uh, you know, in, in that trade. You get Gordon Hayward. He's gone in, in game number two. You know, you bring on Kyrie Irvin with all the everything that, you know, has been put on that guy's shoulders because why wouldn't he want a free trip to the finals in everything that he's heard leaving LeBron? And they're sitting atop the, the East. They just went to the Oracle. Um, and played the Warriors. And I don't know if you watched that game, guys, but that was the best game this year so far. Kyrie versus Steph was the best game of the season so far, in my opinion. Kyrie, uh, since returning from the injury, 33.5 points a game. Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> well, and also, I and, what al- and also, what Stevens is doing was amazing. Jalen Brown is still a second year uh, in the league. You have you have Tatum, Tatum, I mean, a still, rookie. His rookies uh, losing Hayward. I, I agree. I think that I think that Stevens is the Belichickian. I mean, I'm not, he's, he's not Belichick yet, but if you're looking at, at someone who took 15 years towards the game, 15 yeah. years from now when he's won six, seven titles, That's and you're going to be like, I, it's just and that was the and that was Ainge's best hire. He's, he, he's still under 40. If I don't, I think he's like 38 years old, and this guy's like an unbelievable NBA coach. I Sad, I sad when it was the Clipper Celtic game. He doesn't yell at the players, doesn't yell at the referees, does not is not demonstrable on the sidelines. He is amazing. The players, though, during the timeouts, watch him, listen to him. I mean, it is amazing what he's able to do. Demands I mean, the respect. He's earned it because he's done so much in his short amount of time coaching. Ira, who's your MVP? It's a tough one. I, I mean, of course. I right now, I, I don't know. At the end, I, I think I think where it's a horse race. I I don't I don't put Harden there. I put Le, I put LeBron. I'm gonna have LeBron winning it right now. I think Russell Westbrook is coming on strong oh, to do man. it again. And I th- and I think Oklahoma City. It took some time it to get took, their act together. It took a little while, but <coughs> this team, Paul George, they're finding their roles yeah. and they're finding roles. And I think it's showing yeah. what they're showing is that pure great talent who yeah. plays together can overcome. And they're the only to me. They're the only threat to Golden State in the West, yeah. of course. As an astute, you don't think the Rockets are a threat? No, oh. I, I, really. Listen, I'm not saying I do, but I, you know it better than me. I mean, they're they're playing well. The Rockets are playing well, but what I I think that trade when they got rid of Lou Williams, I think that hurt. I think that, that they're not as deep. They don't have Beverly. Their depth is just not there. And in the playoffs last year, they all got tired. Now they have Harden. They have Paul. Harden's not going to get work, but they don't. They have Capella is their only big guy who can rebound. Golden State. And they're talking about trading him. <laughs> right. <laughs> Golden State can just do beat you so many different ways. Mm-hmm. They have a great oh, they're bench, amazing. and they're they amazing. have just there's to me they're overwhelming. The only thing that's so great about. Oklahoma City, and I don't think they have a chance, but they still, the only chance, maybe a small, slight chance, is that Westbrook is so amazing, and Paul George, if he plays at that elite, elite Paul George level, yes, they might be able to do something. You know, I, I thought it was going to take longer for this to come together than it did in Oklahoma City. You've got, those are not necessarily uh, Paul George, but Carmelo and Westbrook are massive personalities. They both want the ball in their hands. I thought this was going to take a year to figure out, and it's come together a, a little bit quicker than I anticipated. Sean, MVP? Well, when you when you play with a guy that could jump out of the gym like Russell Westbrook, it might take a, a week for you to get over your ego, and then you're like, that guy's way better than me. I'm going to give him the ball. And I stay. I mean, just get out of the way. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 literally what's happened in the past two weeks, and that's why Maybe Russell Westbrook's we're a little biased towards But, but I'm going to put it this way, okay? James Harden is... Has is averaging 31 a game. The next closest guy is the Greek freak from the Bucks, and he's beating by three points a game. Now, James Harden, 
has is third in the league in assists with nine a game. He leads the league in three pointers made. Oh yeah, that's more than Clay Thompson. That's more than uh, Steph Curry. Chris Paul went down for a month, and the Rockets didn't miss a beat. Put it that way. When you look at it, and you brought up a good you brought up a good point because the Rockets don't have the depth. Well, guess what? They still win games. It, they, he's literally having them. He's carrying this team and saying, "I got you guys." The power of the beard, Mike. The power of the beard. <laughs> this man is, is it's it's like when you watch him it's 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 like we we talked about all these players and you say you just got to watch him Donovan Mitchell you got to watch him when you watch Ben Simmons when you watch James Harden there's it, it's smooth i mean it's like it's not fair it's like he's not even trying and he's just i mean he's killing cats out there i mean it's it's, it's as simple as that I, I, I have to go with James Harden i do we've I got some i think he's due we've got some breaking news the clippers and the pistons have agreed to a deal to send Blake Griffin to Michigan. That's right. The Clippers are going to receive Tobias Harris, Avery Bradley, Boban Marjanovic, and first and second round draft picks. Clippers will also get Bryce Johnson and Willie Reed. Ira, you were just at the Clippers games. This is a surprise to you at all? <coughs> it's not. It's a huge surprise because he just resigned for, for going there. But what I felt when I saw that game, I saw the games. I have never seen a player, and LeBron is a diva. Blake Griffin, <laughs> Blake Griffin was Kim Kardashian out there. I mean, it was un- he was complaining about everything. He was complaining about to refs every call. He went up for a twenty foot shot. Nobody was around him. He missed a shot and he turns to yell at the ref. <laughs> he when the refs get the ball when he has to throw the ball back to the refs, he whips the ball at the refs. When the refs are holding the ball, he takes it. He takes it out of their arms. I saw him get three technicals in two games, thrown out of the one game. His behavior is horrendous. He did not. He doesn't smile. Those key commercials are he's so lovable and fun. He was miserable. Like it's like stop playing basketball. You are not happy. So I just to me, it's a surprise that the Clippers, more than anything, that the Clippers have decided to throw in the towel. And I and I yeah. just don't think what they're getting. I mean, it's Tobias Harris. I mean, it's just a salary it's for dump. the picks, I guess. Yeah, it, and it's a salary dump because they were signed Griffin for another five more years. Yeah. So the the biggest thing that I take away from this, I'm happy you brought up the Kim Kardashian comparison, is because his relationship with Kendall Jenner. Is is out out now? I mean, she doesn't even know where Detroit is. She's like, "Where's Detroit? I have no idea." <laughs> what country is that? Wait, in you now? don't play for you don't play in L.A. anymore? I can't do this. <laughs> That's the biggest thing that I take away from this. But trip. Chloe is dating Tristan Thompson. Is in Cleveland. There, so. well, 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 you know, Kendall has a little higher standard. She is a supermodel. <sighs> Chloe's been she more worldly with her NBA yeah, exactly. boyfriends. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't seem. She, to she had a boyfriend in Houston. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Kendall's only dipped in. You know, there was so much baseball we wanted to talk tonight, guys. We're not going to get to that. We'll push that to next week on Iron Sports. Before we do that. Joe, I love golf. Tiger Woods tied for 23rd at Torrey Pines. I don't want to say he's back, but three birdies in the last five holes on Friday to get yourself to the cut showed me something. What do you guys think? Ira, Tiger Woods getting a win this year. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's ready. He's, he looks, I'm the biggest Tiger Woods fan, and I'll tell you what. Because How many rounds have you walked with Tiger in your life? A lot. I walked, I was in, I was at the U.S. Open at Beth Page when it was like, when walking, it was like quicksand because I had so much rain, so it was pushed on to Monday. He wasn't even competition on it. And just to walk out there, I had these boots in the middle of June or July or whatever, in June, and I'm walking around in boots trying to like not sink into the mud at Beth Page <laughs> to try to follow. And it's hilly at Beth Page. And, oh, and, my God. Yeah. Yeah. and 
But anyway, Tiger, the, the, what I loved about what <laughs> happened on Friday is that everyone's texting me, he's not going to make the cut. But Tiger wanted to make that cut so badly. That was like, impressive. He, there he was just, no way he wasn't making but he, the cut. But, he, but <laughs> other pl- golfers give up. Other yeah. golfers don't make it. That's why he made 142 straight cuts. 142 yeah. straight cuts. He's, he's only missed like eight cuts his Would whole you say life. his career is? It's unbelievable. It's like 215 out of uh, 225 or something <laughs> number like that. <laughs> but, he, but whereas I've seen other players, like you look at Jordan Spieth, <laughs> look at Rory. These are the greatest golfers. Get, They're missing cuts. Yeah. I was at the Honda Classic. Dustin Johnson is sort of on the cut line, not on the cut line. He just gave up. He didn't so, care. So many of these guys, they don't. But Tiger's attitude is, if I'm in this tournament, if I'm on Friday and Saturday, I don't get Saturday and Sunday, I don't care how far I'm out, I could birdie every single hole. It's why Wayne Gretzky's Wayne Gretzky. It's why it's why John Elway's John Elway. It's Tom why Joe Brady, Montana. Tom it's why Tom Brady's Tom Brady. Game. It's why Kobe Bryant's Kobe Bryant. It's why Michael, Michael Jordan's Michael Jordan. Because there's something different. You just, you can... When you you've walked how many rounds with Tiger? You his face just 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 in his eyes. You know that this man is determined to do things that other people can. I mean that that's what it comes down to. Mike, to your point, where you asked the question, is he going to make? Is he going to win? He's definitely going to have a win under his belt this year. Really? My, and, and we and we talk about this. Is he going to win a major? That should be the question. That'll is he, he going to be win a major? I think that'll be tough. I think he'll place in the top ten in one. I, and I think yeah, he I might. I, may, I think he might place in the top ten in two of them because that's when Tiger is Tiger. But do I think he wins a major? No. Does he win? He might win two or three times this year. Speaking about winning at an older age, I'm not the biggest tennis guy, Ira. This guy, Roger Federer. Oh my goodness. What is going on with this guy? I mean, he had a couple of years there where he let the Nadals and the Djokovics of the world catch up. But he's back. And what is he, 40 also? With a vengeance. 36. 36. It's close enough to 40. But the tennis he's been around lot, for how long? Tennis yeah. is a lot harder to play at 36 yeah. oh, than anything me. else. So. What, what do you think? I'm amazed to see this guy's resurgence. Well, he was, first of all, he did a lot of smart things. He changed his racket. He waited a long, long time to change his racket. He changed it a few years ago. Then he had a knee surgery, which he should have had. And then now he's playing smart. He's not trying to play every tournament. But, and he also changed his game. He now is shortening the points. If you watch Federer play, he's standing like on this. It's like if you're playing like someone who's not that very good, you, he's standing on the service line. But of course, they're serving the ball 130 miles to him. <laughs> Usually when you're a 36 year old, your reflexes are just a little off. His reflexes now are greater than any seen any anyone had reflexes like that. So I think that's what's making he's shortening the points. And he's lucky that Djokovic has hurt his elbow and Murray's back is bothering him and his yeah. hips bothering him yeah. and those things. But the fact that he won Australian last year, then he goes to Indian Wells and then Miami, which is a great tournament. Those wins those tournaments. Then he wins Wimbledon. He's, he takes the French off. Doesn't play the clay court season, which I don't expect him to play again because he's trying to rest himself. And then he comes. So I think that he's you know he's playing smart. He's preserving his body. It's doing those right things. I mean, Tom Brady said something about that, too. Tom Brady's like, it's not, you don't have to lift so much weight. It's just being pliable. It's being flexible. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's being able to absorb the, the impact. And he's the poster boy for that. Yeah. I mean, he, he's done a phenomenal job keeping his body where it needs to be mm-hmm. to, you know, ensure that he can play and win Super Bowls at 43, <laughs> like we were talking about. Uh, before we wrap this up, we do something here on Iron Sports. It's our bold predictions for the week. And what this is is something that, could happen in the next week of sports, but it's a little bit of a long shot. Shawnee, why don't we start with you? You're always good for a bold prediction. What do you like this week? I think a non-offensive player will win MVP of the Super Bowl. Ooh, that's interesting. Who's the last one? Um, well, Larry, I know who it was. Um, well, Larry, Brown Larry Brown from the, the, the Cowboys. Cowboys. No, but uh, I believe the Bucks. I, I think Derek Brooks won it, and Ray Lewis. I think won it too uh, against you guys. The first, uh, their, his first Super Bowl, two thousand one. So, so it's either him or Derek Brooks. I believe is the last defensive player that actually won it. Ira, you got a bold prediction for the week ahead? Blowout. 
I just think the Patriots are going to blow the Eagles out. It's 42-14. <laughs> What's the line I, right now? Four? It's four. Yeah. I think if you have like food and you think you're going to bring your food out in the third quarter, I think you better serve in the second quarter. <laughs> I, 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 people, everyone's going to be gone. They're going to be on the road. It's going to be it's going to be over. It's, remember that San Francisco San Diego Super Bowl? We just talked about it. He, I, I, uh, that's the anniversary was today, and uh, he threw five touchdowns. I remember that. Game. That game was over when in the first quarter. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think it's. I think that the Eagles. I think it's the party's over. It was, think- it was over before Junior Sayer got the activator in his uh, his mullet. <laughs> I, I I've been trying to count this team out for weeks. Yeah, that's I've right. I've been trying to count the Eagles out for weeks. I'm not going to do it now. Yes. Do I think the Patriots are going to win? Yes. Do I think it's going to be a game? I, I do, and I, I want it to be. <laughs> I don't want to have my halftime, my food um, not, not put out because it's after halftime and everyone left. I'd like to see a game. Sean, what's your prediction here for the Super Bowl? No, I, 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 I can't. I don't even want to. Because I honestly think the, I think the Eagles are going to win, but at the same time, I can't go against Brady. It's like I'm cut down the middle. I I'm going to say it's a draw. It's a draw. It's gonna be it's gonna be thirty we love, thirty. We don't draws in the Super Bowl. No, I think the Patriots will win, <laughs> but I think it will be close. I don't know if it's gonna be a blowout. I think they might pull away at the end of the game because I think Nick Foles might get a little desperate. They're down, maybe a score with not a lot of time. He throws a pick, something like that. And I think the end score won't be indicative of the game that we watched. Sean, if, if the if the Eagles win on that like Sunday night or Thursday night, the first game of the season when they put the Super Bowl champion, it might be. Could you imagine the Cowboys Gosh. coming to yeah. Philadelphia yeah. and they're gonna give the you know raise the banner for the Eagles on that day. See, I don't want to think about that, Ira. Ira, before we let you go, where are you headed? Busy uh, week on tap? Uh, we're still figuring this out this week. <laughs> <laughs> we look forward to catching up with you next week. We will be here. It's Ira on Sports 95.9, the true oldies channel. Mike and Sean with you as well. Have a great night. We'll talk next Monday.